This is Brother John Matter, and we preach in the precious name of Jesus. And I'm coming to you today from our Bible study from here in our home uh, in Georgia. And I want us to uh, go to prayer. I feel like God is going to do something great today. So I want to encourage you to open your hearts and reach out. And right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in a mighty way. And let's ask God to bless our Bible study and let's, let's ask Him to move and open our hearts and give us understanding what the Spirit of the Lord is working today. Would you go to prayer with me? Precious Heavenly Father, by the righteous name of Jesus, for we know and understand that this is the only name given under heaven whereby men might be saved. And Lord, if it's through that name they're saved, it's through that name that they're healed and delivered by the power of the gospel of the kingdom. And we ask you, Lord, to open our understanding. God, anoint our eyes with eyesight. Open our ears, O oh God, and take that spiritual scalpel, my Father, and cut away the hardness of the heart, God, of man, that this glorious gospel of our kingdom, Lord, can take root, Lord, and grow downward and spring forth upward and bring forth fruit that the very name of Jesus may be honored and praised and worshipped and glorified. And we give you honor for what you're doing. We give you praise, honor, and glory for the way you're revealing yourself and the way you're bringing your word forth. And we ask for your blessings on this word and the understanding of your people and the working in this service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want to go to the uh, first chapter. Let's go to Acts, the 13th chapter. And I know I've probably uh, touched on these scriptures several times, but i got a lot I want to bring in today and a lot that I want to touch base on. So we're going to Acts, the 13th chapter. And I'm going to read several verses of scripture, but I feel like it's necessary to lay the groundwork of what God wants to do. And we've got a great testimony today about the way God's moving and what He's doing. I feel like it's going to be very beneficial to uh, to what God's revealing in this hour. But I'm starting in Acts 13, and I'm at verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your day, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. But when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuading them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, 
and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. <coughs> then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of God, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed, and the word of God, or the word of the Lord, was published throughout all the region. Now I want to go to you to the book of First Corinthians, the 16th chapter, and I'm going to the 9th verse. First Corinthians 16, uh, I'm going to start at verse 5 and read through verse 9. Now I come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide ye and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and an effectual, for a great door and an effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. And I've been talking for several weeks now about this scripture in the book of Acts, how that. Paul went and preached, and I believe this was in a, a town called Antioch, but it's not the Antioch where the church was founded in Acts 13. It's another town called Antioch. And Paul and Barnabas were there ministering the word of the kingdom. And they were beginning to get some response from the Jews. And some of the Gentiles happened to hear... Uh, Paul ministering, and they wanted to know if they could come and listen. And Paul told them that would be fine. And the very next Sabbath day, the Bible says the whole city, nearly the whole city turned out to hear the word of the kingdom or the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the Jews saw this, they were moved with envy because they counted the Gentiles unclean. They counted them like they were dogs and they referred to them in the scriptures dogs. They didn't want no dealings with them. But God had already spoken to Paul that he was sending him to the Gentiles. So when all this envy rose up in them, they began to come against what Paul was preaching. They began to come against and blaspheme the words that Paul was preaching and trying to turn the Jews away. But the Gentiles received. And Paul began to tell the Jews, the Bible says, and Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and spoke unto him and said, it was necessary that the word of God should come to you first. But see, you have counted 
find yourselves unworthy of eternal life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. The Lord put that in my spirit several months ago, and it's I pondered it in my spirit. It's rolled over in my spirit, and here about. I guess uh, a week or so ago, the Lord started dealing with me because Paul said, a great and an effectual door is opened unto me. And he was talking about among the Gentiles. And God kept putting that in my spirit and putting that in my spirit. And I was saying, God, how in a nation where everybody has heard about Jesus, where everybody knows the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation, where is there a door uh, that you can reach uh, to people that are considered to be Gentiles? Uh, and I'm going to have a testimony in here in just a few moments. Uh, I'm going to have my wife testify uh, of what God done for her yesterday and how God moved. Uh, but I want you to know there are Gentiles in this nation. Uh, there are people in our nation that has immigrated uh, from abroad uh, that have never heard uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and received a gospel with power and authority uh, and dominion. Uh, that's the reason you can't just preach uh, uh, salvation. John came and preached uh, salvation. He preached repentance uh, and being baptized in water. Uh, but when Jesus came, uh, he said it's time to repent uh, and believe the gospel uh, for the kingdom of Heaven is at hand, and the kingdom is a gospel of power, authority, and dominion. In the first book of Corinthians, I believe it's the fourth chapter, Paul said this. Let me turn over there to it. And in verse 18, he said, Now I would not come... Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly. If the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Hallelujah. What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of Meekness. So Paul was telling them, I'm coming. You get puffed up if you want to. Some, some told Paul one time, I said in a letter, his ways are wordy and powerful, but when he comes in person, it ain't that way. Paul said, wait and see till I get there. You're going to find out that the words that I preach are weighty, and they are powerful. And a lot of you know, and I've been ministering this on the radio, that on November the 12th, the Lord uh, took me out in the spirit. I was sitting in a small church, uh, and the Lord took me uh, out in the spirit, uh, and I saw great darkness, uh, and it was spiritual darkness. Uh, and the word darkness here uh, means ignorance of spiritual things. Uh, and God was showing me people. Uh, I saw a vision over a year ago from the neck up. People were, were, were like walking in the fog. Uh, it was like a cloud from 
their shoulders up, from their shoulders down. You could see them clear. And God was showing me uh, people's minds uh, was in spiritual darkness. Uh, and God gave me the Scripture in Matthew, uh, the fourth chapter. Uh, and He talked about how Jesus uh, came from uh, came from Galilee uh, down to Capernaum. Uh, and, and He went uh, and He began to preach. And it says in verse 12 of Matthew 4, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth. He came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulun and Nephthalim, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephilim by the sea, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand as I sat there. God spoke those words into my spirit. And then he immediately took me to Isaiah chapter 60, which starts in the first verse and reads like this. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. And when God spoke that to me, He spoke in my spirit right there. He said, you tell my people that a new move is not coming. It has started. I have started a new move of my spirit in the earth. Something has begun. And I'm telling you there is a light on the glorious gospel of the Christ, the King of glory, that is beginning to shine in the darkness. And it don't matter how great the darkness is, you can strike a match and the darkness has to go back from it. Because where you've got light, darkness cannot comprehend it in the gospel of John the first chapter and it says and the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not it could not stop and there's nothing going to stop what God is doing in this hour because it's a day of revealing it's a day of manifestation and it's a day of coming forth of the very light of the gospel of Jesus Christ it's coming forth nothing you can do to stop it and I kept asking the Lord. 
And I kept asking the Lord, I said, God, how, where, where in this nation, where in the country we live in, are you going to find Gentiles? Gentiles are people that the Jews considered heathen. Gentiles were not counted worthy to have the gospel. They were not counted worthy to associate with the Jews. So when Paul said, lo, I go to the Gentiles, he was going to people the Jews wouldn't associate with. He was going to what they considered lower class people that didn't deserve the gospel. Didn't deserve to hear about Jesus Christ. But you know, if you go back, I believe it's Acts, the 10th chapter, Peter was in a town and he went up on a roof to pray. And the Bible said while he was on that roof in prayer, the Lord took him into a trance. And in the trance he seen a vision. Peter was watching that vision and he said, a great sheet come down from heaven. And on that sheet was all manner of unclean beast. He said, arise, Peter, slay and eat. He said, not so, Lord. He said, for I've never eaten anything unclean according to thy word. And this happened three times. And every time Peter said, not so, Lord. And as he was pondering on that vision and wondering what the Lord had showed him, there was some men knocked on the door of the house and the Lord said, men have come to seek thee. He said, go with them doubting nothing, for I have sent him. Those men were Gentiles. They had come from the house of one Cornelius, a centurion for Rome. He was a Gentile. But he had been fasting and praying and seeking God to know what to do because he loved God. And by his works he had built temples. He had done great things for the Jewish people and the people. And he had people that loved God in his household. And Peter went with them the next day and some of the brethren went with him and then when Peter entered in the Lord revealed the purpose of that vision he said the Lord has showed me what God has cleansed let no man call him unclean so right there God opened the door to the Gentiles through Peter and Peter went in and preached I believe the Bible says there was 70 something people gathered at the house of Cornelius. And it said, while Peter spake the word, preached the simple gospel of the Christ, the Holy Ghost fell as Peter began to preach the word. And it fell on them. And they were all amazed that the Holy Ghost had fell on the Gentiles. And Peter said, can any man forbid water that these may be baptized sin as they have received received the Holy Ghost uh, as well as we. Uh, and they took them and baptized them uh, in the name of the Lord. Uh, there now is a move breaking out. Uh, there is a move breaking forth. Uh, and it's light. Uh, it's the glorious gospel of the Christ. Uh, but God opened something to my understanding last night. God's not going to keep this behind the church walls. I've told people for years, this move of God will never stay. Behind the church walls. And God spoke to me last night and told me, He said, I'm going to the Gentiles. How's He going to do that, Brother Metter? How's God going to go to the Gentiles? I want to tell you something, whether you realize it or not. There's millions of people in our country that have immigrated to this nation that have never heard the name of Jesus and do not know one thing about the gospel of Christ. That makes them Gentiles. 
And that scripture the Lord had been giving me in Acts where I told you where Paul said, Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And then right down below that he said, For God has given us what it takes to be a light to the Gentiles. Are y'all with me? Go back to Acts 13. Let me turn back over there. Man, this is such a great stern of revelation in my soul this morning. Hallelujah. In verse 47, after Paul told him, said, you judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. So lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Verse 47, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when you go back to Isaiah, the 60th chapter, what was God speaking? He said, Arise and shine, for thy light is come. What light? The light of the gospel. The light of the glorious gospel. And he said, And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. I'm telling you something. There's a glory of God arising. There is a glorious power and a light of the kingdom of God arising. And he said, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. Some of you may not agree with what I'm going to say, but that's up to you. But there are people that love God. There are people that are doing their best to serve God, that they are walking in spiritual darkness because they have not ventured into anything other than what they heard when they got saved. Salvation comes through repentance, and it comes through water baptism. But the gospel of the kingdom brings power. It brings authority. It brings it brings deliverance. It brings the working of the Spirit of the Christ in the resurrected power that heals all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And there's good people that love God that are walking in spiritual darkness because they're ignorant to the going forth of the kingdom of God at this time. And God is wanting to take the scales off of people's eyes. Because look what he said when he spoke here. He said, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. So something is rising, something is moving, something is going forth inside of the people that are hungry for God, that will set their hearts to prayer and seek God and hunger after the working of the Spirit of God. There is a rising of the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. If you live another couple of years, you're going to see that God is going to the Gentiles. Who's he going to, Brother Medford? People that have never heard the name of Jesus. You say there's nobody. Yes, there is. All around there is communities of people that have immigrated to our nation that their society and their culture has not let them receive the gospel of Christ. And they stay in their culture. They stay in their society. And all they know is what they were taught for thousands of years. And they don't understand a gospel of power. 
They don't understand the gospel of the kingdom. They don't even know who Jesus is. They have no idea who Jesus is. And I'm going to have my wife come in here in just a minute. And she's going to begin to exhort and tell you what God done. Because she met a lady yesterday. And she tried to talk to her about Jesus. And the lady told her, I don't know who Jesus is. I have no idea. And my wife exhorted to her. On who Jesus was in time the conversation was over. She had ordered a New Testament in her language. And sent it to her house. Because the lady was from a foreign land. And the darkness was on her and on her people. And I'm going to get her to come. And for those of you that are listening to us on radio, we got to bring this broadcast to an end. But join us next week at this time. And uh, you all get all the information, how to write us. Write me, email me, contact me. And come visit us at the church. New Testament Church at LJ, uh, 11 o'clock Sunday morning. And may God bless you till our next broadcast. And I'm going on with what uh that are listening, and I'm fixing to have my wife come and sit right in this chair, and she's going to tell you what God has done in the last 24 hours. This thing is so illuminated by soul. It's so set my soul on fire. It has so moved me because what God has been telling me for two or three months now has come into pass. And God told me last week, He said, read Isaiah 29, you've seen it unfold. And God spoke to me last night, and He said, the very scriptures are unfolding before my people's eyes. And He said, you can't get people to accept it. You can't get them to believe it. You can't get them to understand. But somewhere, the Word of God has to be brought to pass. Just like when Jesus was talking there, or when the writer was talking about him in Matthew, and he said, that that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah must be fulfilled. It's got to be fulfilled. How that Jesus came out of Galilee into Neptunum and Zebuli and everybody in that region sat in darkness. They sat in the shadow of death, but if Jesus come preaching, it said, great light! is sprung up. I'm telling you, great light is sprung up. And God's bringing forth the gospel of His kingdom. So I'm going to let my wife sit down here and for the next few minutes I exhort to you what God done yesterday. And you will begin to understand how God is revealing Himself to His people. Well, praise God. Let me tell you what the Lord did yesterday. So we all are going about our business in our lives, and I've known this woman for several years in a business that I've frequented quite often, and uh, uh, she's really become a, a good acquaintance with me, and so, uh, you know, I have been petitioning the Lord. This is an important part of, of the story, is I've been petitioning the Lord to make me a profitable servant daily, and to go ahead and, and use me every day, to go out every day and be a witness and a light. Because I believe the prophecies that have come forth. I believe what he has told us. And I know he has told us to arise and shine for our light has come. So either you believe the word of God that was spoken or you don't. And I believe it. And I've been petitioning God to show me how to make that manifest in my life. How to do that. How to make that come to pass. So I petitioned the Lord specifically yesterday morning. I was like, yes, we can all run around just, you know, 
talking about Jesus Christ, or we can follow our Savior's leading and follow his example, which was he didn't go anywhere randomly. He was always sent. His steps were ordered by his Father. He did nothing except what pleased the Father. The woman at the well, Jesus said, I must needs go by Samaria first. That was a very specific stop. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he had come in and out of there day after day. But that one day, he was ordered to, by the Spirit of God to stop and minister to him. So I, I went out and, and I petitioned the Lord to order my steps, and he ordered me to this place of business. And I began talking with the woman, and uh, she asked me how my parents were doing. And as I referenced my parents, uh, you know, and how, how they were doing, she just started crying. And I stopped, and I said, May, what is wrong? And she said, I miss my parents. She said, I miss my parents, and, and I, she just started sobbing. And all the times that I've known her, um, I knew that her parents were, were gone, but she's never really, you know, expressed that uh, sadness before. So I just leaned over, and I took her by the hand, and I just knew. It's, I, I just knew. I, I said, I'm going to pray for you. So I just took her by the hand, and I started praying for her right that moment. And uh, she, you know, started gathering herself, and uh, she started um you know, gathering herself, and she looked up at me, and I said, May, I said, I prayed this morning for God to send me to one of his children to, to talk to him about Jesus, you know, to talk to him, to talk to somebody about Jesus today. I said, you're the one. I said, God sent me to you today. And she just looked at me, and uh, she said, excuse me just a minute. She wanted to go to the restroom and gather herself. So as she went to the restroom, I sitting there in my chair and I was like, okay, Lord, you know, what's the plan here? How are we, how are we going to do this? You know, what's your plan? And the woman at the well, you know, Jesus, her story was that, you know, come here, man, that told me all things ever I did. So, you know, I didn't know how the Lord wanted to reach this woman. So when she came back, I asked her, I said, well, I, I'm guessing, uh, and she's from Vietnam. And so I'm guessing that, I told her, I said, I guess since you live here in this country, you know about Jesus. And she said, no, I don't know anything. I said, really? I said, well, let me tell you. She says, I'm Buddha. I said, I'm going to tell you about the true and living God. I said, I'm going to introduce you to the man Christ Jesus. And her eyes got big. And this is the thing. I had to break it down because she doesn't speak good English. I couldn't go through the entire Bible. We Christians are so locked into what we think testimony of Jesus is and about telling about Jesus Christ. He no, he locked me down. I had to speak in four or five words and I had to be concise. Do you know? I, so I got to telling her. I he just brought it to my spirit. I said Jesus came to take your griefs and your sorrows, and I began to tell her about that Jesus. I didn't get into salvation. Per se, I began demonstrating and telling her how he came to heal and to, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free. And she, her eyes, she just locked on me. For, and then she stopped. She said, I feel better since we talk. I said, yes. I said, that's Jesus. I said, that's what Jesus does. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to tell the whole story because we need to know. How the carnal mind is going to war and the enemy is going to fight against us witnessing and testifying. I hate to even use the word witnessing, testifying of Jesus. She's an unbeliever. How is God going to get, how is he going to heal her broken heart and, and manifest himself to her when she's an unbeliever? Excuse me, he came to heal 
They that are whole need not a physician. He came to seek and serve those that were lost. So everybody he ministered to, they might have been Jew, but they weren't Christian. They weren't per se saved because the gospel hadn't been given yet. And that's what he did to them. He demonstrated they had the choice whether they chose to follow on to him or not. And the Lord so put that in my spirit. So I just kept talking to her about all the things that Jesus would do for her. And as the conversation would break and we would go in another direction or something would interrupt, then we would come back and I got telling her, remember now, I'm having to speak with her to, you know, five to ten word phrases. I'm not speaking fluently like I am to you now. So I'm telling her, that when I was a child, when I was 10 years old, and every time I would keep saying the God of heaven, the true and living God, that's what I kept referencing because she only knows Buddha. And I said the God of heaven spoke to me audible where I could hear him. It's the way I was having to tell her. When I was 10 years old, I said in my bedroom, he spoke to me audible, and he told me to believe my mama. And see, she knows my mama. And I said, yes. And I said, you know what my mama was telling me? I said, my mama was teaching me about Jesus Christ. I said, that's what my mama was teaching me. And the God of heaven spoke to me audible and told me to believe my mama. So I got up out of my bed and I ran to my mama in my daddy's room. And I said, God, the God of heaven, the true and living God just spoke to me and told me. To believe. And I said, so I believe in Jesus Christ. Her eyes were like this. She was locked in on me. She was listening. It was bearing witness to her. She had never heard of the true and living God. The God she serves is dead. That is no God. That is just a culture to her. It's not a religion that's alive. It's just a habit and a way of life because of the way she was raised. But God began having me telling her about the true and living God. And when I told her what happened to me as a child and I... She could witness it, and I told her, and I said, and I have served him. I said, he is the true and living God, I said, and I serve him. I said, Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I began to talk to her some more, so we took another little break. You know, the Spirit of God was just working on her, and we took another little break in the conversation, and it came back one more time, and I began telling her. There was a part of me that felt like I should say, you better repent of your sins. You better accept him as your Savior. But it, it, it never felt right. I couldn't even go there. I never even made it to the resurrection. Are you kidding me? I didn't even make it to the cross. That wasn't it. But do you know, Jesus, all the time he was on this earth, he hadn't made it to the cross either. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven. He was making himself alive to people. So I began telling her how he would heal her, how he would make her whole, how he had healed me. He had healed my husband. He had healed my mother in my family. All the healings in my life that I had experienced. How my husband had been around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom, how he had spoken one-on-one, -on -one, but he had stood to a, a 40,000 Hindu believers and preached Jesus Christ and him crucified and they accepted him. I said they left those gods. I began telling her about friends of mine that had come from other countries. That was part of her cry and part of her sadness when she had left 
left her homeland. She'd been here 16 years, been home one time. She was so lost without her family and her culture, her life, the people at home. So I began telling her about a friend of mine in Kazakhstan who was a Muslim, who the woman was a Muslim and how God visited her. Again, I tell you, five to ten words at the time I'm having to tell her this. And she's hearing me. I said, the woman, I said, do you know how she got visited? I said, do you know how Jesus Christ made himself real to her? I said, it was in a dream. It was in a dream. I said, she didn't even hear a preacher. I said, it was in a dream. And she got up and said, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. I said, she's in Kazakhstan right now visiting her mom, visiting her family. I said, and I can tell you, she is telling them of the true and living God, the man Christ Jesus. I said, she's telling them about the, telling them about him. I said, I had no people that live all over this world that have come to this country. I said, but they are taking this gospel back. I said, and they're telling about the true and living God. And she was so, she so identified with that and with these people that had left their homeland, just like she had. So uh, we talked on, and, and pretty much that, that's kind of how it ended up. Like I said, I didn't even make it to the cross and the resurrection, but I told her what Jesus would do for her right now. And she already, she said she already felt better. So as we went on, I asked her, I, I said, May, do you read English? And she said, no, I, not very good. I said, what language do you read? She said, Vietnamese. I said, okay. I said, do you have a Bible? She said, no. I said, okay. So I pulled out my phone and went online and looked, and I typed in Vietnamese Bible. Do you know I found in that instant, I found a Vietnamese and English New Testament I couldn't believe, who knew? Within 30 seconds, I found it. I turned it around. I showed it to her and had her read. I said, is this your language? Can you read this? She said, yes. I said, I'm getting this for you. And she, her eyes got big and she looked back and I said, and so I typed in, I said, you want it to come? You want me to bring it to you? You want it to come to your house? She said, send it to my house. So she gave me her address and I entered it in. And I said, May, it's on its way. You you will get it soon. And she said, when it come, I pay you. I said, no, ma'am. I said, this is a gift. And she said, no, no, I pay you. I said, no. I said, Merry Christmas. This is what Jesus is about. I know that just automatically turned some of you people off. I know it did because I said Merry Christmas, but I don't care. You use whatever avenue God gives you. In this country, we celebrate Christmas as the birth of Christ. I don't care what it is, but we celebrate it as the birth of Christ. That's what it's recognized. She had no idea about Christmas. She doesn't have a clue. They don't even they they, they celebrate Christmas, but it's not Christmas. It's just a holiday. And I said, "This is a gift." I said, "This is Jesus Christ." And her eyes got so big and they filled with tears. She's like, you can't give me a gift. I said, yes, this is Jesus. So I gave it to her, and, and it's coming to her house. And I said, when I come see you again, I said, you're going to tell me that you read. I said, and we're going to talk about it. It was an amazing experience. Did she get on her knees right that minute? No. But the seed was sown, and God has moved in that woman's life. She saw hope. For the first time in her life, she felt hope. 
she felt peace. I asked her, I said, do you want to live in eternity in peace? She said, yes. I said, Jesus Christ does that. I said, Jesus does that for you. So I was, I was just astounded as I left there. I began to see, I mean, I just all came flooding in on me and I began to see the gospel of the kingdom. That was outside the church. That woman was a Buddhist. She said, no, I Buddha. She showed me pictures of her home. She was showing me some things. And I see all over her walls these pictures of Buddha. But I I declared to her the true and living God. I'm telling you, what I want to encourage you today is to ask him every day, Lord, you make me a profitable servant today. I don't want you to do this ricochet witnessing. That is such a cop-out on the gospel. That is such a cop-out. Don't do that. That You can just ricochet and witness and go on about your way and think you've done God's service, but you haven't. You haven't labored. You haven't sown one thing into it. You just go about feeling good about yourself, thinking you've proclaimed the name of Christ when you have not. You have not demonstrated Christ. You must take the demonstration of the gospel to the people. You must heal the brokenhearted. You must heal the sick. You must do what Jesus did. You cannot do what John the Baptist did and call yourself a Christian. You must do what he did. And you must demonstrate and you must destroy the yokes. You must. So I lay a challenge out there to you today. And I tell you to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And you seek him every day to make you a profitable servant. And you get in the mind of the spirit. And you find out where God's ordering your steps. If you need me, go by Samaria first. And it doesn't fit your schedule or it doesn't fit your wallet. You say, I don't have gas money to go there. Yeah, you do. Because he's your provision. You say, I don't have time. Yes, you do. Because your time is his time. That took me two hours. Cost me a lot of money to sit there to do that. Because I was in a place of business. I had to purchase their goods while I was there. That was part of it. But he sent me there to do that. So don't think you've done God's service to go about saying I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Thinking you've done God's service and you've proclaimed Christ. No, that's religion. And you just say, oh, do you know Jesus and go about your way. You better get where you can minister and labor and sow into their lives. I have contacted this this woman. You better know I'm going to follow up. And I'm going to shepherd this woman. And I'm going to make sure she has that relationship with Christ. I'm not, yeah, there may be that rare instance you meet somebody in an airport and you minister. Sure, that's going to happen. But I'm talking to you as Christians. And you everyone know we've done it. We think we just blab out the name of Jesus and hand out our tracts and think we've done God's service. No, we've not. We've, we've compromised the gospel. We've compromised it. And we've weakened and watered it down because all we've done is told them about it. But we haven't demonstrated. They haven't felt that healing power of Christ. We haven't truly led them to a relationship with Christ. We've dropped the ball. But it's changed today. See, it's changed because he said, do you believe in the God of your visitation? Do you believe that he's visited you? That the Son of Righteousness has arisen with healing in his wings? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Believe it. I believe it. See, I've been petitioning him ever since I heard that word ministered. I said, all right, God, you, you where? You said it's happened. You said arise and shine for thy light has come. What? I keep standing in the church in front of the people every week. There's got to be another avenue. And now I see. Do y'all know how many people around us are lost? There are people in this country. They're raised in this country. They know about Jesus just like they know about George Washington and Hitler. They only know about Jesus, but they don't know him. They've learned about him, 
But they don't know him. The churches have only taught about him. What are we doing in this very season? We're all putting up manger scenes and you're teaching in church about Jesus. That's all well and good to know the history, but you've got to know him. You've got to know him one-on-one. You've got to know him. And that's where we've dropped the ball. That changes. Because he's told us to arise and shine for our light has come. And I tell you, if you believe in the God of your visitation, if you believe he said the Son of Righteousness has arisen with healing in your wings, you ask him. See, that was the key. See, I've been asking him every day, but something clicked yesterday. Something clicked in prayer yesterday. There was a was something within me, and I knew. I said, you are ordering my steps today. I had no idea. My whole day went completely not what I had planned. And I said, well, I've got about three hours of empty time here. What am I going to do, Lord? I could have gone to my office to work. That's always there for me. But I said, I feel something. I feel something different. I feel this. So I followed his leading. And I went about doing good. Just like how Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 10.38, how Jesus of Nazareth, anointed of the Holy Ghost, went about healing good, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. If you believe God is with you, if you believe the God of heaven, the true and living God, the man Christ Jesus, who is, we are made one with, if you believe that that has happened and that has come, you go forth. Every day, I want you to, I throw a challenge down for you to seek God daily. For him to order your steps. I'm tired of this ricochet witnessing. Y'all, know, that's got to stop. I'm going to call your hand on it. If you tell me about it, I'm going to call your hand on it. If you just tell me you stand at the cash register saying, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord, I'm going to call your hand on it. First of all, Mary didn't proclaim that about herself. The angel sent from God proclaimed that about her. So you have no right to proclaim that about yourself. So you better get off your high horse and come on down and quit saying you're blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Because your life isn't bearing fruit of it. Jesus didn't go around. You don't have to do that. It's a lowly walk. He says, I am lowly and meek at heart. So you don't proclaim that about yourself. Why don't you let promotion come from the Lord? Why don't you let an angel of heaven proclaim that about you? It says you go around proclaiming about yourself. Why don't you proclaim Jesus Christ and take healing to these people? This is where we're at today. Hallelujah. I want you to be excited. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to arise and shine. For your light has come. If you can't get it happening in the church, get out. Get out. You go find them. God will lead you to them. If he could lead me to that woman yesterday, he will lead you to somebody. I'm saying get out and go. Find them. They're out there. God's children are out there. They're out there. Go find them. I beseech you. The harvest is ripe. Please don't stay four months and then the harvest. The harvest is ripe. Go forth now. It's time. It's time. I pray to God this sinks down in your spirit. I pray you feel the witness of it. It's time. There are more testimonies to come. You wait and you see because I'm arising because my light has come. So I'm arising, and every day he's going to find me a profitable servant. Maybe I won't be witnessing or praying for someone every day. Maybe he'll have me in another place. But I have this confidence that he will order my steps daily because I put myself in that position for him to do that. I submitted myself to him, and it's only going to get better and better and greater and deeper. And y'all just wait. There will be fruit. What if this opens the door? What if this opens the door 
to the whole country of Vietnam, you say, roll in your eyes. Go for it. Roll your eyes. I don't care. Despise not the day as fall beginnings. God told us this move of God had already started, and it was starting small. Hallelujah. I'm taking him up on it, and I'm excited about it, and I want you all to be excited about it, too. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to tell you all about it. I pray you've been stirred and encouraged. And I'm going to have Pastor come on and, and finish this up for today. But praise God, be encouraged and let rise and let your light shine for his light has come. Hallelujah. Now I was on the road traveling yesterday and she called me and began to tell me what God had done. And I felt that breaking in my spirit. And God began to show me this is what I've been telling you. That there is a light that is rising and a door is opening to the Gentiles. You know, we, we, we teach in our churches, we talk to people that claim to be Christians. We go out in revivals, we draw Christians. I used to put up tents. For 22 years I evangelized, put up tent revival, and had tent revivals. The majority of what come to the tents was people that claim to be Christians. Yes, they got help. Yes, I had some sinners come. But only till I went to the mission field and preached in the banana groves in Honduras. Preached in open fields in India and in the Philippines and Central America and South America and all across Canada. Did I find people that were heathen that did not know who Jesus was. And when I got back last night and she really began to unfold the story to me, the Lord began to quicken me. That he's a great and effectual door is opened to the Gentiles. The church don't need to hear about Jesus anymore. You're not going to move people any more than what they've already been moved. And most churches are satisfied. They've settled down. They have no burden. And I got to thinking, my God, how many years have people been in our nation from other countries, and nobody has even thought about or taken the time to approach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Lord said, they're heathen. They're unlearned. was talking to my son last night, and they live in Carrollton, Georgia. And whoever was preaching or teaching in their service last night said, do y'all know what percentage of Carrollton, Georgia is unchurched? And I just said to myself, probably about 75. He said, 86% of the churches in Carroll County are unchurched. People know about Jesus. They've got some idea about serving God. And I was texting with a friend of mine. Uh, a young lady got saved in my meetings years ago. About the same time last night, and she was wanting to know uh, where we were going to be ministering. And somewhere over the New Year, she was wanting to come be in the services. And she said she was talking on her job about hell. And talking about Jesus. And one young lady there said, well, I know I'm going to hell. And another young lady said, well, save me a seat because I'm going to be right there with you. But you know what it is? It's this Hollywood version of hell 
This party spirit that everything there's a party and a good time, that is the vision of hell that this generation has. They don't know the eternal suffering. They don't know the eternal damnation. So I text her back and I said, pray for God to give them a vision or a dream of the real hell. And that will get their attention. But we don't have a gospel of power and authority now. And the Lord began to deal with me. And He showed me this darkness. He said America's in darkness because of idolatry. He said, whoa, wait a minute, Brother Matter. America's in darkness. You know, when we first started getting immigrants in our country, they came in, they merged with the people. People become one. They became Americans. Immigration in the last several years, people have come in, they come in in groups, they form their own societies. They formed their own little communities, and in their own little societies and communities, they kept their idolatry. When people used to come in, they come to serve the true and the living God. That when our forefathers founded and wrote in freedom of religion, they would, they didn't mean for people to bring idolatry in this nation. They didn't bring for them to bring Satanism, witchcraft. They meant for them to be able to serve the true and the living God as they chose and saw fit. So all this is bondage. It's darkness. It's idolatry. And it has brought the trouble and upheaval to our nation that it's in. And God told me, He said, a light is rising to tear down this bondage and to uproot this darkness. And it's time for people to equip themselves. It's time for people to equip themselves to get ready to be used because God is opening a door to the Gentiles in this nation. There's a great and effectual door opening to the Gentiles in this nation. And the thing about most of these false gods, these false religions, it's steeped in idolatry. It's steeped in soothsaying. It's steeped in witchcraft. It's steeped in voodoo. It's steeped in demon powers. And we've allowed it to congregate in our nation in pockets all over our country. And God said, these are strongholds of darkness and powers of Satan that have to be torn down if this nation's coming back together and going to serve God as one. So, God is opening doors. Y'all hear me? I put a challenge to you today. Prepare war. Prepare war! And get yourself ready to fight for the gospel of the kingdom. What did Paul say when he said a great door is opened unto me and effectual? He said, and there are many adversaries. When you begin to preach a gospel of power and authority of deliverance, and God begins to manifest and demonstrate and make himself real, you can rest assured of one thing. You are going to have many adversaries. As long as you preach a gospel that doesn't affect anybody's life. As long as you preach a social gospel. As long as you preach a gospel that does not do anything or demonstrate anything to change men or change their life or get them to believe in a true and living God, you're going to have no problems. But when you begin to let the very life of the Christ be demonstrated and manifested, the very healing and deliverance, that we read about in the Gospels, in the book of Acts, in the epistles, 
you're going to have many adversaries. So I'm fixing to bring this to a close here on YouTube because I don't want to make it too long and I know it's probably done been about an hour, but I want to hear from you. I want your questions. I want your comments. And if you don't believe, don't bother to comment. I don't care. But if you got questions, that's fine. Because I don't care about your religion other than you've got questions. So don't write me. Don't email me. Don't tell me I'm wrong. I don't want to hear it. I know too much about this gospel of Christ. I've seen too many lives changed, too many miracles, too many deliverances, too many healings for you to tell me that I'm off track. I'm on track and I'm going to lift up and preach a true and a living God and may God bless you till the next time we get to uh, bring a service your way and write to us. Our, our information is there. Write to us. Let us hear from you. And I would encourage you to support the going forth of the gospel of the kingdom of God because a great and effectual door is opening now in the United States of America and it's fixing to open worldwide. May God bless you.